Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Nonprofit U, a forum where nonprofit stakeholders can share lessons learned and discuss the latest developments in the industry. My name is Valerie Leonard, your host. I'm a consultant to nonprofits, and I specialize in community and organizational development. I work with nonprofit organizations to help them make a stronger impact to their clients and communities. You can find Nonprofit U on Facebook and on Twitter. I encourage you to comment early and often using the hashtags Nonprofit U, The Law Project, or Community Law. You can also leave comments on blogtalkradio.com forward slash nonprofit underscore U. You can join the discussion or leave comments and questions on the Nonprofit U Facebook page. In order for you to post, you must like the page. You can also email me questions at consulting at ValerieFLeonard.com. Don't forget to sign up for our mailing list. There is a sign-up button on the top right-hand corner of the Nonprofit U Facebook page, and we'll be taking questions by phone and from our chat room at about 2.30 or so. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. Participate in a live chat you must open an account, and the link is found on the episode page. We're very encouraged. We want small businesses to come and call in, or if you run a nonprofit that focuses on community and economic development, please feel free to call in. Or if you are interested in small business development or nonprofit management, feel free to call in with your questions and comments. So today's episode is using the law to build small businesses. We have as our guest Angie Hall. Angie is a staff attorney with the Community Law Project of the Chicago Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. The Community Law Project provides pro bono legal advice and services to nonprofit entities and to small businesses. Ms. Hall works primarily with the Small Business Program and the Home Ownership Program. Her work for Community Law Project focuses on solving the legal problems of small business entrepreneurs so that they can focus their attention on growing their businesses. Prior to the Community Law Project, Angie was a sole practitioner whose legal practice consisted primarily of residential real estate transactions. Prior to having her own practice, Angie was an associate at a small law firm where she counseled and litigated municipal law employment discrimination cases. Angie is a 1993 graduate of the University of Illinois College of Law. She received her paralegal certificate at Roosevelt University Institute for Paralegal Studies in 1989 and her Bachelor of Arts degree from Northwestern in 1988. Is she was admitted to practice in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois and the Supreme Court of Illinois. Angie currently serves as chair of the Cook County Bar Association, Lawyer to Lawyer Mentoring Program, and is on the board of Strive Tutoring Program. So thanks for being on the show today, Angie. You have quite an impressive background. I think I know you, but just just reading this <laughs> intro shows me things I didn't know. <laughs> so it's an honor to have you again. Yep, happy to be on the so, show, Valerie. 
<laughs> and before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about the Community Law Project, how you got involved, you know, what your mission is, who you serve, and some of your latest accomplishments? Sure. The Community Law Project, we are one of the projects of Chicago Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. So the work mm-hmm. that we try to do here is we try to identify and disrupt patterns of discrimination. The Chicago Lawyers Committee has longstanding partnerships with member law firms, and we provide high-quality legal assistance to clients and communities in litigation and in transactional legal matters. Uh, we use a broad range of advocacy tools also that include direct legal services, impact litigation, Mm -hmm. policy, advocacy, uh, community education, and coalition. So the current projects of Chicago Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights focus on education, housing, voting and civic empowerment, public safety, and community economic development. So the Community Law Project is the transactional arm of Chicago Lawyers Committee. And we do the work mm-hmm. related to community economic development. Okay. So, um, yep, very recently we changed our name from The Law Project to Community Law Project because we felt that Community Law Project is more descriptive of the legal work that we do. And also, mm-hmm. the, you know, The Law Project just left people a little bit wondering what we do. So, Community Law Project is more descriptive. <clears throat> so, what we do here is we work to um, build, strengthen, and support community-based organizations that are focused on economic development in Chicago, in the Chicago area, uh, low to moderate income neighborhoods. And we offer and deliver, excuse me, and we also work to um, provide services within those communities. Um, The volunteers, uh, we work with volunteers at Chicago's top law firms and Community Law mm-hmm. Project has an expert legal staff that provides nonprofit leaders and small business owners the knowledge to sustain their programs to improve outcomes and spur economic development. And I've been here as a staff attorney since August of 2005. Wow, wow. And, you know, I know you didn't ask for this commercial, but I definitely want to vouch <laughs> for your services. I was working with a client who had a series of issues around nonprofit compliance um, back mm-hmm. in the day, and we called you know, your agency, and they put us in contact with some of the um, top attorneys in the city of Chicago, all pro bono. You know, we, we got services that one might pay upwards of $500 an hour for, pro bono, but obviously it had to go through an application process. But, um, you know, we were given access to a top-flight tax attorney from a top-flight law firm, and the the issue was handled um, expeditiously. We, we got her done within about a month or so. The, the issues were resolved. So that's great work on um, you guys' part. Yeah, that is that's wonderful to hear, and we – Certainly hope that we have a lot of other testimonials out there that people can share about being happy with the legal assistance that they receive, that people have received over the years from Community Law Project. 
And as you said, our services are offered at, at no cost, and the legal work is done on a pro bono or free basis. And like you said, we do have an application process, of course. You know, if people can afford to pay for lawyers, then we, of course, would prefer for them to do so. So we're really out there to serve a community, like a low to moderate income community. So we're there to to fill the gap for people who cannot afford to pay for legal services. Fill that gap you do. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, that's what we want to do. <laughs> and, and like you said, we, well, we do have a staff of attorneys and a paralegal here, but most of the legal work is done from volunteers who come to our office, and they're from the Chicago's top law firms. So they come to us for pro bono projects. So we screen the projects. We review the applications. We do some of the legal work in-house, but the majority of the legal work goes out to the law firm, the law firm volunteer attorneys. Okay, great. And we'll be talking about that more. We've got almost an hour before us, so we, we've got plenty of time to talk about, you know, the way things work and all that good stuff. Okay. So um, the well, community law – I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say now, while our name has changed, you know, the work that we do, our mission, and the community that we serve basically has remained the same. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, oh, yeah, yep, and we're working to fill that need for people who are in need, I'm sorry, people and nonprofits who are in need of legal services but cannot afford to get them ordinarily. Mm -hmm. And small businesses. Mm -hmm. Yep, and the small business work and the home ownership work is the majority of the work Mm -hmm. that I do. Okay. So, so the yes. community law project, you know, you've recently mm-hmm. gone through a rebranding of sorts, and you kind of talked a little bit about that in your intro. So can you sure. share with us a little bit about that process along with some of the history? And, and you know, I'm not trying to be redundant from your first question. Oh, yeah, no problem. So the community law project we have, as you said, we've gone through a, a series of name changes, actually. In the time that I've been here, we've been the Community Economic Development Law Project. <clears throat> then the mm-hmm. name was shortened to just the Law Project. And just recently within the last year, actually within the last couple months, we've changed our name to Community Law Project. So, um, like I said, the mission has basically remained the same for the last 32 years. So the Community Law Project has for years been the <clears throat> the only resource out there that addresses the unmet transactional legal needs of mission-based, grassroots, nonprofit organizations, and low-to-moderate income community citizens. And mm-hmm. the way we do our legal work is we recruit Uh, highly qualified attorney volunteers to provide free legal services to community economic development and social service programs in the city of Chicago. So when I say transactional, sometimes people aren't sure what that means. So that means Mm non-litigation legal services. So what we really do or work to do is we address the gap in services that are needed by low-income individuals and families across Chicago. So we really work to have the legal work that we do strengthen 
<clears throat> neighborhood organizations that serve this community, and we work to help mm-hmm. them provide efficient, effective services. Okay. And um, we leverage our network of skilled volunteer attorneys, and we connect those attorneys to clients who have critical transactional legal needs. And so by assisting those clients with their legal needs, we help them develop their infrastructure and services. And we really work to provide, um, make meaning, provide meaningful legal work that helps our community, helps create new businesses, and helps um, homeowners. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so all of the legal work that we do here definitely helps stabilize Chicago's communities and neighborhoods. Uh, yeah, I will yeah. Add can I you. interrupt you? Can I interrupt well, sure. you for just a minute? Yeah, just mm-hmm. to emphasize that point on strengthening infrastructure. This particular client, you know, had a ten thousand dollar IRS debt. You know, that's why we brought them on. You know, they mm-hmm. could have potentially lost their tax exempt status, and as a result of the work of you know your organization and the attorney that they brought on, they were able to eradicate that debt um, completely. And, you know, that debt, you know, could have caused them to close their doors. But as a result of your intervention, this client was actually able to eliminate that debt completely, use the $10,000 toward the programs they originally earmarked them for, and they have grown mm-hmm. exponentially since that time in 2005. So I'm sorry, I just had to interject and give another testimonial for how impactful your work is in terms of capacity building and infrastructure development. Oh, yeah, that is, that is great to hear. And that is absolutely what we, what we have as our goal of the work that we do here. And it's really a shame that a lot of times when it comes to nonprofit organizations in the community and to small business entrepreneurs, they do great work, they have great services to offer to the community, but have not um, just due to a lack of resources within the community and within their personal coffers, they skip the legal assistance that's really necessary to <clears throat> assist that business or nonprofit and help them move on move to the next level. So that's that's what we're here to do. And Valerie, can okay. I share some information too about another program that we mm-hmm. have, which is called our Community Benefits Program? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, the Community yes, Benefits ma'am. Program is one of our newer initiatives, and that program really started as a response to <clears throat> COP's community stakeholders Um, telling us that there was a desire to advance new strategies to prevent displacement of existing community members as gentrification goes on. Um, Gentrification definitely impacts small businesses and community members as large-scale developments move into the neighborhoods. So Community Benefits Agreements Program really helps bring together or, I guess, provide support to coalitions of nonprofit organizations and through the Community Benefits Program, work in negotiations with developers to secure benefits for the surrounding community. So it's a very mm-hmm. exciting newer program of CLP. 
Okay, that is awesome. And Allegra Fisher, is she the person, is she the point person for that program? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, she was on the show a a couple months ago, and she was talking about some of the work that she's doing on the south side around the Obama Presidential Library, and I, I believe she's also working with folks on the far south side, um, working with the OUS Steel um, vacant land, you know, trying to make sure yes. that as there's significant redevelopment, the community's voice is heard at all steps. And, you know, they're fortunate enough to have community leadership you know, is amenable to the community benefit agreement as well. Yep, yep, absolutely. So the work that I'm focused on and I really mm-hmm. want to share a lot of information today is about the small business program. So mm-hmm. what we work to do related to the small business program is to arm clients with the legal knowledge and resources they need to establish and sustain their small businesses you know, in order to secure greater financial independence. Okay. So the majority of our small business clients are um, operating, they either are starting up or have existing businesses in in Chicago's, um, the Chicagoland area's underserved communities. So what we do is we provide <clears throat> both direct, um, well, we provide direct representation to clients in uh, their legal issues such as the corporate structure of their business. You know, people come to us for issues related to C-Corp, S-Corp, or LLCs. People come to us mm-hmm. for lease preparation and review, mm-hmm. uh, intellectual property issues related to um, trademark, copyrights, and um, protection of their logo employment issues, contracts, business wow. expansion. <clears throat> so that's um, in the area of direct legal representation. But we also do a lot of speaking engagements. We do legal alerts on issues that affect small business people. We mm-hmm. do, yeah, we really try to do so much. <laughs> we also do some monthly legal help desk out in the community. Wow. And we are we're really working hard to get out there and to – provide the legal information that these businesses need. Mm-hmm. I tell you, every time I talk to you guys, there's yet a new product and service. So I, I can definitely say that the Community Law Project is very, very innovative. You have been on the cutting edge on all things legal as they relate to small businesses, nonprofits, and, you know, and for individuals from Mm -hmm. time to time, right, as they develop their small businesses. Well, thank you, and that's what we work to do. We are um, the legal services that that we provide are both informational and the direct legal representation, too, because sometimes Mm -hmm. sometimes people don't necessarily need the direct legal work but just need some information related to a particular legal issue. Mm-hmm. So okay, it's a place great. to come to. Oh yeah, and um, we come out into the community if it's um needed, which is definitely needed a lot. And our um, I guess I would say that our website is really 
or by calling our office is really how you find out about the legal information and the work that we're doing currently. You want to share your information now? I know I'm going to ask you again, but since you opened it up, um, how might we contact you? Oh, sure. Um, Our telephone number is 312-939-3638, and our offices are, we're downtown at 100 North LaSalle Street, Suite 600, and also our website, which is org, and then there is a link there for Community Law Project. Okay, great, great. So, so yes, yeah, so we can be reached you, by any of those mm-hmm. methods. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Nonprofit U is a program that's geared to share lessons learned with nonprofit leaders. However, you know, we've got a significant number of nonprofits that are working with for-profit businesses to, you know, to make sure that they can spur economic development in their local communities. In most mm-hmm. instances, they're working with entrepreneurs that are operating on a shoestring budget, and they often find that getting high-quality legal service is unaffordable. And as a result, they may go to, you know, to lawyers that, don't necessarily specialize in areas that they need the most help in. For example, for a real estate transaction, they may go to an attorney that's a generalist and who may not really understand real estate at all. They're just kind of learning on the client's Mm -hmm. dime. So what I find is the Community Law Project Small Business offers legal support to entrepreneurs who are starting or having their own businesses as a strategy to create financial independence. So can you give us a very high-level overview of what some of these services are? And then while you're at it, can you give us a range of the fees compared to some of the market rates and then let our listeners know what they need to do before they come in and see you in order to make the visit most productive? And and I know that was a whole mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Now, for the small business program, Um, Our legal services are offered at no cost. We do have a $35 application fee, but that really just covers our administrative cost of operating and processing the application for legal assistance. But the legal work is done at no cost to the client. And sometimes when I say that, people say, now that sounds just too good to be true. So, you know, if it's free, am I really going to get a good attorney? And the answer the answer is a very enthusiastic yes. Yes, you're going to receive a highly skilled, highly qualified attorney who is a top-level attorney at one of the top law firms in Chicago. And... So the time that from the time that people send in an application to they get matched with one of our volunteer attorney pool, you're going to be working with me and the staff attorney here who works with the small business clients. And if the work goes out to one of the volunteer attorney pool, um, by the, at the time that match is made, the client gets to see the bio of the attorney who's going to be assigned to do the legal work that's requested. And mm-hmm. also the information about the client is going to be shared with the 
the information about the attorney is going to be shared with the client in advance, and the information about the legal work and the business is going to be shared with the volunteer attorney. So if it turns mm-hmm. out that a file happens to be assigned to a more junior level attorney, then then we make sure that there is a senior level or partner level attorney who's also assigned on the file to do the legal work. Now, if a client happens to be requesting legal work, like I said, um, related to forming a corporation or an LLC, Mm -hmm. for instance, there are filing fees with the Secretary of State's office for that. So the legal work will be done for free, but it will be the client's responsibility to pay the filing fees with the Secretary of State's office, as an example. Okay. And let me see. So as far as the legal services that we offer, it's um, really the full range of non-litigation legal services, helping businesses Mm -hmm. um, form or dissolve a corporation or an LLC. People has issues. Mm -hmm. We we assist people with issues related to buying or selling um, real estate that's owned by the business, intellectual property work, And there's also some work that we do, which is not necessarily legal, but it's services that a business needs. We help businesses Mm -hmm. with their business license applications, and we also help minority or women-owned businesses prepare their applications for the MBE or minority or business or person with disability status um, applications. We assist with that, too. Okay, what about veterans? Um, now, as far as we haven't had any people requesting that legal assist that assistance yet, okay. helping, helping with um, mm-hmm. veteran business certification, but I'm sure we could mm-hmm. do that too. Our, our volunteer okay. attorney pool is very skilled, and I'm sure that would be pretty similar application anyway. Mm-hmm. So, while that type of work is not um, not legal, it's a bit of a paperwork nightmare. So we're there to assist people with. <laughs> That type of that type of work too. <laughs> too, for instance, um, every Wednesday between 9:30 a.m. to 3 p.m., we provide mm-hmm. free walk-in consultations over at the City of Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection in City Hall on the eighth floor. It's called the Solution Station, so people can mm-hmm. just um, walk in and ask legal questions related to their business. And so we're there to answer questions there. Okay, that's great. Angie, um, a thought just occurred to me. I, I know the attorneys who handle nonprofit organizations, you know, from time to time they may have issues as it relates to board development, uh, you know, bylaws and, and any other um, processes and, and systems as they relate to the board, say board policies mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Do you ever right. have a situation where small business owners may need help with board-related issues or do the organizations tend to be a little bit less um, complex and may not necessarily have those issues yet? Yeah, I would say it's not people who have for-profit businesses, the issues are not board-related. They may have questions or issues related to um, between working with an employee and an independent contractor, for instance, and mm-hmm. what are those okay. differences. 
And then also there are laws that come out in the city of Chicago and across the state that affect their business. For instance, the, you know, the minimum wage, minimum wage ordinance that was recently um, enacted or sick leave policies. Lots of times small businesses, Mm -hmm. because they don't have an in-house legal staff, you know, they'll hear about these new ordinances, ordinances, laws that come out and wonder how do I comply with that? What do I need to do? And Mm -hmm. just are very confused. So what we'll do is we work to have publications, which we call legal alerts and newsletters, put out that we share with the community and also provide lawyers to come out and speak on those topics. Okay, great. So, All right. you know, the work, mm-hmm. it's a lot, but we are, you know, we're really trying to meet the needs of the community. And that you do. I said that. I said it before. <laughs> you do meet the needs. <laughs> oh, work hard to do so. Mm-hmm. Oops. Oh, and then I want to share something else too. That uh, every uh-huh. year we usually do five of uh, what we call clinics out in the community. And uh, okay. a clinic is different from a workshop. Is that we will provide speakers on two or three different legal topics and you know which are usually chosen by the community partners or the cha- it's uh usually local chambers of commerce that are involved and will host the clinic so we find out from them like what legal topics does their constituency have a need to have somebody come out and speak on and share information on a particular legal topic So the clinics usually involve two to three legal topics where there's um, 30-minute presentations, and then it's followed Mm -hmm. by for the people who come out to the clinics, one-on-one consultations too. So over at the Community Law Project, we do five of those a year, and we've already done four for this year, but we have one more that's coming up. Wow. That's on, yep, one more that's coming up on October 19th. And that one is going to happen to be with the Greater Roseland Chamber of Commerce, October 19th. Okay. Yep, mm-hmm. it will be from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, and it's going to be at the U.S. Okay. Bank building on the um, 1000 East 111th Street. But the more of the details related to that clinic will, as we get closer to the date, will be able to be found on our website and on our Facebook page. And if you just were to call into the office, we share information about <clears throat> about our clinics, upcoming clinics. Okay, and if you'd like, you have an open invitation to come on the show to promote it, you know, say the week or so before. And, and All right, yeah, that would be great. What you guys are doing. Okay. That sounds good. All righty. So I just wanted to take a small break to talk about my upcoming compliance challenge. It's a 30-day challenge. And what I mm-hmm. find that in my practice, regardless of what I'm dealing with, it all comes back to compliance. You know, it could be a fundraising assignment. It could be strategic planning. It could be board development, you know, financial management. But all roads always, always, and you probably know this, from experience, um, at least, you know, the folks in general at the Law Project, they always lead mm-hmm. to compliance. So 
What I am going to do is a 30-day compliance challenge. It's a series of four webinars to show nonprofit leaders how to maintain their tax-exempt status and what to do if they lose it. And the overall goal is to work with organizations to bring them current on all their paperwork within 30 days of completing the series. So for our listening audience, if you're interested, you can email me at consulting at ValerieFisandFrankLeonard.com for further information. Again, that email address is consulting at ValerieFisandFrankLeonard.com. So back Man, to that sounds you, like Angela. a great service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, and I wish more people would take advantage of it. You know, unfortunately, you know, that's not the sexiest thing that we do, and that's really not something that funders emphasize until they're making their funding decision, <laughs> you, you know, mm-hmm. when, when people – but it's, you know, really, really important for people to maintain compliance because, you know, without compliance, you can't raise funds, you know, and, and without compliance, you know – if, if you can't be trusted to, to follow the regulatory rules or the rules that your donor has in place, you know, it, it's very, very difficult to convince them to give you more money. Well, yes, <laughs> absolutely true. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it seems like it, w- it would be obvious, but sometimes in the world of nonprofits or small businesses, the people who are oh, yeah, running they them have are compliance just, issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they're just focused on running the nonprofit or running the business as far as you know providing the service. But <clears throat> you still have to keep your paperwork up to date, obviously. And on the small business side, the legal needs of a small business, as in perhaps mm-hmm. one or two owners the legal requirements on you are as big as it would be on a Fortune 500 company. And sometimes people don't, yeah, don't realize that. So you need to be sure that you're keeping your, uh, your necessary paperwork up to date. And I guess on the for-profit side, something to be similar to is if you, if the secretary of state's office takes your, has your, corporation or nonprofit move into being involuntarily dissolved. You never want to get yourself into mm-hmm. that situation. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's interesting. So that that sounds to me like like an interesting workshop for for you guys. I don't know if you have one, but you know, when I think of compliance, I you know, since I focus on nonprofits, I always think about the nonprofit, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, the issue is just as real on the full profit side. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so it's important for business people to keep up with their corporate status. But I will say that it is it is true that if, for instance, <clears throat> your business is involuntarily dissolved, it's true that you can get yourself back into, into good standing, but don't let yourself mm-hmm. get into that situation because – the, in order to get back into good corporate standing after you've been involuntarily dissolved could cost you extra money, you know, as in interest and penalties mm-hmm. for being, impro- you know, involuntarily dissolved. So don't let yourself mm-hmm. get into that situation. Right. And then it, you'll find it difficult, if if not impossible, to get loans 
or attract other investors too. Well, yes, absolutely, because it looks it's just going to look bad on you as the business person if you're not keeping up with your paperwork and you let yourself mm-hmm. be involuntarily dissolved. And also I'll say that the Secretary of State's Office of um, Business Services is in real time. So let's say mm-hmm. you could be applying for a business loan with someone and then they just go ahead and get on the website and put in the name of your business. If it shows up that you've been involuntarily dissolved or not in good corporate standing, that looks horrible for you. Mhm. So yes, it's just not a situation you want to be in. I believe that over right. here at Community Law Project, what what we work to do is to make sure that people, like I said, take care of their legal needs, and we're really there to be able to help people do that for um, a low, you know, for a, a very low cost. Mhm. Oh, okay. So. We are going to open up the lines now. If anyone has any questions, I think Angie has given us some invaluable information. I'm I'm learning a lot as I speak, you know, with her today. Um, if you mm-hmm. have any questions, please feel free to call in at area code three four seven eight eight four eight one two one. If you're in the chat room, feel free to post any questions that you might have. I think you know we're getting some very very good information, and I, I thank Angie you know, from the bottom, the very bottom of my heart. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So I was just going to say, happy to have this opportunity uh-huh. to put the word out there about what type of work we do. Mm-hmm. No problem. Sometimes... We find that entrepreneurs are so busy during the day-to-day grind of starting and running their businesses that they forget to protect their intellectual property. And I know you, you touched on that before. And the same mm-hmm. is true for nonprofit leaders. Can you tell us why it's so important for nonprofits and as well as small businesses to protect their intellectual property and give us an overview of the intellectual property services you provide. And I guess before that, maybe break down, mm-hmm. let us know what intellectual property is. Okay. All right. Because, yeah, I think it's a term we use pretty commonly, but us people are like, okay, what exactly, what does that mean, intellectual property? <laughs> right. So, well, I think everybody knows that your business has certain tangible um the certain tangible parts of your business, the products that you're selling, your business space and so forth, but your business has intangible assets as well. Just about every small business has, uh, of course, you've got a business name, and most businesses Mm -hmm. also have a logo. So people think of your, your business name and your logo. Businesses put a lot of thought into their name and their logo, and it's something that is very important to the business. It's part of what is, establishes your business's uh, reputation in the marketplace. So you have to take steps to protect your business's uh, logo, your business's name, your business's website, as a lot of people are doing business over the Internet at this point. Because uh, the the short version would be if you don't protect it, then someone else can use it 
and um, take it away from you and perhaps steal it. And then there will be confusion Mm -hmm. in the community about your business and someone else's business. So it's important to protect your business name and your business's logo and protecting certain um, work of your business. There are people out there who are um, playwrights and produce CDs and things of that sort that would be protected by copyrights. And then there's also people who have um, other types of intellectual property too and also have trade secrets. So protecting um, those type of items through patents, copyrights, and trademarks is all under the umbrella of intellectual property. And so we have lawyers Mm -hmm. who are very skilled at intellectual property work too who can provide legal assistance, either helping people um, file for um, protection of their logo or their name or finding out if any other you know, to do searches, too, with the mm-hmm. U.S. Um, U.S. Patent and Trademark Office or the Copyright Office. So, again, if they were going to work with you, that service would be offered, what, sliding scale fee, or is it pro bono, and they're still responsible for any filing or registration fees? Oh, yes, it's all still pro bono. The work is still done on a, um, at no cost. But, yes, like you said, if Mm -hmm. there's any filing fees that are involved, registration fees, then it's the responsibility of the client to take care of that. Okay, great. And I would would just say that, especially when it comes to intellectual property work, it's it's rather complex and it's something that people – don't take care of. So and we're happy to offer that service too over here at the Law Project. Okay, great. All right, so you've already talked to us a little bit about, you know, your event that's coming up on October 19th. Can you share a little mm-hmm. bit about your your upcoming event in September where you're working with the Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection? Okay. The Department of Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection does small business expos on the road. They do five of mm-hmm. those a year, and the Law Project always comes out to those and um, tables, as in sharing our legal information or information about our organization with the community, and also does um, brief consultations during those clinics also. So the next one that's coming mm-hmm. up is going to be on Saturday, September the 16th, and mm-hmm. it's going to be at Wright College, 4300 North Narragansett Avenue. And the small business expos on the road are always from, oh, they start at 9, I'm sorry, they start at 10 a.m. and go to 2 p.m. And it was a really okay. good opportunity for small business people to come out and get a huge amount of information in one place. So the Law Project is just one of many organizations that will be there sharing the information about the various phases of um, the work that's needed to assist small businesses. Okay, great. 
And can you tell us once more about your walk-in clinics, you know, the hours and how people can get in contact with you and, and what's required before folks walk in? Oh, yes. Sure. Now, every Wednesday we are at Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection in City Hall, 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., and you can either walk in, schedule an appointment. If you want to schedule mm-hmm. an appointment, then you do that directly with the Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection. <clears throat> the phone number to call to schedule an appointment is 312-774-2086, or you can email them too. And the email address is outreach at cityofchicago.org. Um, and then also, too, we can <clears throat> assist people with scheduling an appointment directly here at the Law Project, too. So those are the days where mm-hmm. we offer walk-in um, free consultations downtown. But then we also have legal monthly legal clinics that we do out in the community. One of them that we mm-hmm. do is with one of them that we do is with Rogers Park Business Alliance. They are at okay. 14, 1448 West North, wait, West Morsh Avenue. And that is once a month. And you just contact Rogers Park Business Alliance to schedule <clears throat> to be one of our um, consultations. We do that for two hours. I'm sorry, yes, two hours and we have them mm-hmm. scheduled 30-minute consultations for us. And we also do one of those walk-in clinics um, monthly on the south side of Chicago with Sunshine Enterprises. And their address okay. is 503 East 61st Street. And, again, it's um, that one is on the third Tuesday of every month from 9 to 11 a.m., and did I tell you when the um, when we do it at Rogers Park Business Alliance? I don't think I did, but that is always on the third Thursday of the month. I'm sorry, I'm going. I'm okay. going second Thursday of the month. I'm going by memory. Okay. Sorry about that. But if you contact us over here at the law, at Community Law Project, we can give you that information. Okay, awesome. Uh, so, so you've got the the north side and the south side. Mm-hmm. Location yep, for the walk-ins and okay. exactly for the monthly um, legal help desk walk-in, and then every Wednesday, if you rather come downtown, mm-hmm. that's when you can catch us also. Okay. All righty, I'm going to work with you. Make sure you get something on the west side at, at some point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that could probably be a capacity issue, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Mhm. Yeah, and that's what we do, you know, every every at least every year, if not um more mm-hmm. often than that. We you know, we evaluate the effectiveness of what we're doing and you know, we mm-hmm. we work to meet the need. Like you said, it it can sometimes be a capacity issue, but we're working hard to be out there as as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now another hot topic is property taxes. You know, we're in an environment where we're looking at the impact of property taxes on low-income minority communities. 
And it occurred to me that small businesses and nonprofit businesses, you know, especially those in the hardest-hit communities, they may have issues with a number of different taxes. So can you share with us some of the ways that you can help small businesses, including nonprofits, with tax issues? Well, tax issues is is a huge area, but I would say (laughs) if a, you know, if if a nonprofit has um, general questions related to your um, real estate taxes and sales tax exemptions that we would, you know, that's a good part of the work that we do. Community Law Project can definitely assist nonprofit organizations that are seeking <clears throat> sales tax exemption applications and as well as we provide assistance to organizations to help them apply for tax-exempt status with the IRS. Um, mm-hmm. On the individual side, just last month, we had an, a workshop called Understanding Your Property Tax Bill. Mm-hmm. And um, during that workshop, we helped people, you know, we had people come in, bring their property tax bills, stand what all that, you know, what all the various charges are, what they mean. And we also provide assistance for people with property tax exemption applications. There's a good number of different type of property tax exemptions, applications you can do. <clears throat> there's um, the homeowner's exemption. There's a senior exemption, a disability, military, and veterans exemption. But then we also mm-hmm. provided information about the property tax appeal process, too, mm-hmm. in that, um, you know, once you receive your property tax bill, you know, you, you may be able to appeal it. So we provided that information, too. Oh so goodness, we have, awesome. um, yeah. So there was a lawyer there who was explaining how to apply for the exemptions, and then also we have uh, lawyers who can assist with doing those exemption applications, and then someone to explain the property tax appeal process. Okay, great. I just want to take another break for a slight commercial. Um, I'm mm-hmm. going to talk to folks about my capacity building webinar. It's geared to help nonprofits get a better understanding of what it takes to build organizations that stand the test of time. So if you're interested in learning more about capacity building, the types of activities that organizations should engage in you know, across the broad spectrum in terms of building their capacity, me a call at 773-571-3886 or email me at consulting at ValerieFLeonard.com. The workshop you know, will be about an hour and a half from 10 o'clock a.m. to 11.30 a.m. I am in the process of scheduling the best time, so if you're interested, give me a call. All right, I'm, I'm sorry. I just had to do a little commercial. Oh, yes. No, no problem. Okay. And speaking of commercials, you have an event coming up, The Power of Connection. Can you tell us about The Power of Connection? Sure. Uh, well, Community Law Project, a big part of what we do, obviously, is connecting pro bono attorneys with community-based nonprofits. 
with entrepreneurs, with social visionaries, and with first-time home buyers. So this year, the theme of our Power of Connection event, which is our annual fundraiser, um, our theme is going to be, well, the theme is, and it has been for the last couple of years, Power of Connection. But this year, we're going to be featuring some of our urban garden clients who are going to be showcasing mm-hmm. their um, summer produce, and we're going to have wow. a small business. Yes, so we're going to have a small business client there, too, who's going to be selling her natural skincare and hair products. So we are calling the event our um, Farmer's Market in the Sky, and that is <laughs> going to be held Yep, on August 24th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., it's in the sky because it is at one of our um, partner law firms is where it's going to be held at Skadden Arps, and they are at um, 155 North Wacker Drive. So we're very excited, and we invite people to um, – well, we have a lot of our community partners who are there, and we have individuals who come and support our legal work and buy individual tickets to the event. Then we also have a discounted rate for students and public interest and nonprofit individuals. And then also there are bigger organizations that are um, official sponsors of the event. So, Valerie, we are hoping that you are going to come out to the Power of Connection this year for sure and that other people in the nonprofit community are going to come out to the Power of Connection too because it's um, yes, every yes. year it's, Yep, it's wonderful to see a lot of our community partners come out and um, support our work. And, you know, we're a community, so we all are out there to support each other. Okay, I got it down. Got it for my calendar. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Okay, don't forget, (laughs) August the 24th. Yes, ma'am. So can you tell us some of the work that you do with nonprofits who are doing for-profit businesses? You know, they might be interested in a social enterprise, you know, how you might help them out. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, As far as social enterprises go, we do legal work related to them also, and we help with the um, social entrepreneurs really figure out do they want to, you know, is a social enterprise actually for them? And then with the social enterprise, should it be set up as a primarily a nonprofit business or primarily as a for-profit business? And um, Mm -hmm. the issues related to that really have a lot to do with the, um, the social, um, the social entrepreneurs, um, the organization's mission and goals. So social Enterprises are um, a, a newer area of work that we're mm-hmm. doing, but it's um, it's valuable. It's a wonderful um, newer type of corporate structure, and we have um, we're providing the direct legal services for that. And we also have a publication too called Legal Structures for Social Enterprises that are available on our resource page of our website too. So people can just mm-hmm. do some reading about social enterprises to maybe answer some of their basic questions about them. And also, whenever we're out in the community, you know, people have a lot of questions about 
social enterprises too. So we're there to answer those questions and help people make their legal decisions form these type of organizations too. Okay, great. Okay, we are winding down. If you have a burning question that you have not yet called in to ask, now is the time. You can give us a call at area code 347-884-8121. Again, that number is area code 347-884-8121. If you're in the chat room, feel free to post a question so that I can share it. Okay. okay, so I know I feel like this. Um, <laughs> the time went so fast. I really do feel that yeah, way. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it mm-hmm. it did. I mean, you guys do so much, and and quite <laughs> frankly, we have not <laughs> we haven't covered everything that I wanted to talk about. So that means you have to come back on so we could talk okay. about those things that we have yet to talk about. But oh um, yes, yep. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk about was, you know, the fact that you work with small businesses as well as nonprofits to engage in collaborations. And, and these could be along a broad spectrum. It could be something so simple as an MOU, you know, an informal, non-binding instrument, just basically outlining how people are going to work together all the way up to, say, a full-blown merger or acquisition. But can you share some of the services that you might provide in that work and um, let us know, you know, how we might approach you if if we're interested in in learning more about that offline? Okay. I, I'm sorry, Valerie. Give me that question again. I'm just – I want to be sure I answer it correctly. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about the way people can collaborate. So collaborations mm-hmm. could be something as simple as an MOU, which is informal, telling people, you know, we're we're going to work this way. Here are the partners, and then, or it could be something as formal as a, a complete takeover of a business or a nonprofit. I just want to get mm-hmm. a sense for the kind of work that your organization does in the area of collaboration, helping organizations and businesses collaborate. It could be a partnership agreement, it could be MOUs, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On, on the nonprofit side, uh, another way that these collaborations happen or do happen is sometimes one organization is seeking fiscal sponsorship from another organization, too. Oh, okay. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a good amount of legal issues involved with merging two organizations together on the nonprofit side. And when it comes to small business clients, sometimes people are involved with selling their business to another organization, or perhaps now mm-hmm. there may be an investor who, um, you know, is going to provide some sort of capital or other funding and wants to have a part ownership in the company. So these are complex issues. Lots of times when people have the nonprofit or the small business, they get very excited that someone wants to invest money in their business and say, oh, sure, I'll give you 20%, you give me $10,000, and let's go, let's do this. 
But what we really mm-hmm. get them to see is that you have to properly value your business first. You know, make sure mm-hmm. we help them see that you need to be sure that um, that investment amount that someone is putting into your business is actually worth perhaps 20%. And before you um, have another party who you're going to give partial ownership of your business to, um, you should find out some information about that particular person you need or business, see if they are mm-hmm. actually qualified to be an owner of a business, and make sure that you have really thought about your business valuation issues. So these are issues that we are really there to help with, and also we call that area succession planning, too, and planning for the next phase of your business. How is your business going to operate if you decease or if Mm -hmm. um, you were involved with a a business partner and that partner wants to separate and start their own business, perhaps? So these are complex legal issues, and so we're there to help with – all the legal issues related to that. We've got business attorneys who work in this area all the time, who who volunteer with us and can really guide people through that process. And on on the nonprofit side, like you said, it could be an MOU, but an attorney needs to review that. An MOU, a fiscal sponsorship, or a, a more definitely more complex mergers and acquisitions should all be handled with the assistance of an attorney. And the law project, community law project, is there for people to see. No matter how small you are, there are legal, there are attorneys and legal services that are out there for you to provide you with assistance. Wow! <laughs> I, I tell you, I have, I have learned a whole lot that I did not know. You know, and and I've had what about three or four interviews with different attorneys from the law project you know, since mm-hmm. I started. And I am still amazed that, you know, how much I learn every time I have one of you on the show. So I, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Um, we've run out of time, Angie, but before we go, I just want to see if you had any parting thoughts <clears throat> and then let us know mm-hmm. how we can reach you. If you want to give another plug for your event, feel free to do so. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Well, absolutely, absolutely. So I see we are rather time but for anyone who wants more information about the law project, community law project, you can check out our website, clccrul.org, and click the link for a community law project. And also our telephone number is 312-939-3638. We have a Facebook page, too, and we look forward to working with you in the future. And like you said, Valerie, we have so many different areas that we provide legal assistance in related to nonprofits and the community and to for-profit businesses. It's hard to cover it all in an hour. So we would be happy to talk to you anytime you'd like to talk with us. Okay, great, great. So I want to say thank you to our listening audience for listening to Nonprofit You Blog Radio Talk Show. The show should be available for download within about an hour. Tune in next week when our guest will be Mark Lane. He's the founder of 
Mark J. Lang Wealth Group. I am looking forward to a very lively discussion. So until then, take care, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you.